Hello, hello. This is Billy Carson. I am live, coming to you live. I'm looking up because I'm checking on a couple of my settings here. I am using a different type of a camera system to go live, so and also a different type of an audio system. So I'd like to know if you can hear me. If you guys can hear me, let me know in the chat. If you see me looking up and over, that because that's because I'm looking at a big monitor. Uh, but let me know in the chat if you guys can hear me okay. All right. I see everybody hopping in here. John, Denise, Low Key, Infinite Flow, Cheryl, Carolyn, Jux, King, Isaiah. Okay, they can hear me. All right, that's beautiful. That's good, 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 good. All right, great. So part of what I've been doing here um, is building this little in-home studio and getting it right. Even though we've been sitting at this table now for the past couple of weeks, I haven't had it fully connected and all the camera systems and everything else connected properly. And so we just got that finally done. So shout out to Dean, uh, Dean Dickerson, who came down. He has a huge podcast studio up in Detroit. He flew down here over the weekend and helped me finish getting everything set up properly and the right way so that we can go live. But I could also record actual shows and videos directly here inside of my home studio. So thanks again, Dean. Appreciate it. Um, so now we have a couple things coming up that I want to talk about. And I got to kind of get used to looking at the camera and not at a computer screen. And so if you see me look up from time to time, I'm looking up to my monitor above the camera. But um, we have a lot of great events coming up. And tonight, I'm going to talk a little bit about the power of manifesting your reality. Okay. It's a powerful thing, and I've been teaching these Manifest Destiny classes for a very long time, and the link to this upcoming class is in the caption of this video. I will drop it in the chat as well. But when you're learning how to manifest, when you're really truly becoming a master at manifesting your reality, life becomes totally different for you. You actually operate at such a high level, you can even look back down on the previous level that you were at. And you can see yourself and see how you how you used to operate at, the, at those lower levels. Not that you were dark or low, but that there's another level to when you become a master at manifesting your reality. You'll also be able to observe other people and see where they are in their journey. Everybody's on a separate journey. But you'll be able to detect those levels of their journey. When you're not focusing on becoming a master at manifesting, and that has nothing to do with manifesting money. It has to do with manifesting your reality, okay? Money is a side effect of an energy exchange. Manifesting your reality is what you want to focus on. When you're not working on that, when that is not your ultimate goal or one of your ultimate goals in life, you tend to fall into an area that I kind of categorize as robotic, um, you know, soulless avatars just operating on matrix programming. You're not really living. You're alive, but you're not really living. You're literally just running on programming code, just getting through day by day by day by day, trying to figure out your way moment by moment, never really understanding what's going on, never really having any plan for the future, always focused on what the next paycheck is going to be and how much you have to spend out of it and what's left over so you can have a little fun with it or not. Uh, you know, those that that life, I don't know. Some people have accepted that life. I'm the type of person, I cannot accept that type of life. I cannot accept living like that. I lived like that when I was a kid. 
And I realized, for, for me, I realized early on, that wasn't the life for me. For some of you who don't know my story, I'm not going to tell my whole story. I'm going to tell you a very small part, though, because it's very important for what I'm going to tell you tonight. When I was a kid, I grew up in, first, I was born in New York City, Queens General Hospital. From Queens, we moved down to Miami, Florida in 1971, okay? I was six going on seven. Moving to an area called Opalaka. For those of you who know Opalaka, who don't know, Opalaka is a ghetto. It's, a, it's, it's still a ghetto till this very day. Matter of fact, it's worse now than when I was there. The school now has a 12-foot barbed wire fence around the elementary school I went to. And I lived only like five houses away from the elementary school. But on that street that I was growing up in, in that city, there was so much crime and murder and killing on a daily basis. I had become numb to it. It was nothing to see a neighbor kill another neighbor. It was nothing to see a neighbor that lived across the street, one house over, stabbed with a razor. They had this weird device with all these razor blades in it. They were slicing and dicing um, this guy who they caught in their house. It was actually the brother of, uh, there was a girl who lived there, and she dated this guy. And there was this guy's brother, who thought his brother would be cool with him sneaking into the house while they were gone on a date to rob them. And that, you know, anyway, long story short, they sliced him up over a hundred times, had to have the ambulance come. The man across the street from me shot, killed. I mean, just, this was the everyday life seeing the white chalk back then. They used to actually really put the white chalk in the street and then seeing people use Coca-Cola cans to pour the, after the cops were all gone and the ambulance is gone, they were, the people will come out and pour Coca-Cola on the bloodstains in the street because that was the only thing they could eat the blood was the Coca-Cola. Just seeing this and living this, you know, actually living this and realizing to myself, wow, this is not a way to live. I remember standing in the front window in front of the house that we were renting and my mother walked over and said, what's what's wrong? What's the matter? Because he just saw me like staring off in a gaze. And I said, I don't belong here. I just don't belong here. I knew it. I knew it from early on. I didn't belong in that type of environment. I would see my friends go to the ice cream truck and get ice cream every day. I couldn't afford any ice cream. I just wanted the bubble gum. Couldn't even afford three cents for bubble gums. But, you know, uh, the, the big blow and, and, and the bazooka. The bazooka had the cool comic strips on the inside. You, you know, Something to laugh at. Because you got to remember, this is the 1970s. There's no cable TV. There's only four channels on TV. <laughs> There's no cartoon network and none of this stuff. None of that stuff. There's no cell phones. There's no doesn't exist. There's not even beepers yet. Okay. And so you, you, all you had to do was go outside and play, read comic books, things like that. Talk to friends. There was nothing else you can possibly do. I got so sick and tired of not being able to go to the ice cream truck and get bubble gum and ice cream like my friends were that I decided to take all my toys in the house. I took every toy I had in the house. I put them inside of a broken old when Dixie grocery store uh, crate, box crate. They used to deliver milk in those. I'm really aging myself here now. But anyway, <laughs> I took that broken crate and I put all my toys inside, broken toys and all. And I went door to door in my neighborhood, violating my mom's rules. Because my mom's rule was, you don't walk past this side of the gate or that side of the gate because you never know if you're going to make it home unless she's outside. But I violated that. I went door to door. Knocking on the door, sir, ma'am, I'm looking for donations for my toys, a penny, a dollar, a nickel, a quarter, whatever you have. 
and I started getting people giving me money for toys, for an exchange, an energy exchange. I didn't beg. I didn't grovel. I didn't ask for free money. There was an exchange there. I gave away my toys to them, and they gave me money in return. At the end of that day, I had sold all of my toys, and I remember looking in my hands. I had two hands open, and in both of my hands, I had money. I wasn't excited that they had the money. I was excited about something else. I was more excited that I had realized something incredible, something that would set my life on a totally different trajectory. I realized Okay. Okay. We got the sound back. We got the sound back. All right. Let me go back a little bit then. I don't know how the heck the sound went out, how we got on mute. That was pretty interesting, but we just got it unmuted. Let me go back. I'm seeing how far back I can go to where they said they couldn't hear me. Okay. Nikki Poo. Nikki Poo, you're there. So I want you to tell me where I, where you heard what you heard last before the sound went out. Let me know where you heard last. For about seven minutes. Okay. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> and I wasn't looking at the chat because it has me looking way up. So I'm gonna have to put a lower monitor so I can look in the chat next time. Okay, I was telling you guys about my toys. Okay, great. Well, thank you for paying attention and staying on. Let me go back there. 
So basically what I was saying was I knew that I didn't belong in that place. I knew that that wasn't for me. That lifestyle wasn't for me. And my mother saw me standing in the window and she was asking me what was wrong. And I told her, I don't belong here. When I would see my friends going to the ice cream truck and getting the bubble gum, getting the ice cream every single day. And keep in mind, we're all in the same neighborhood. We are all poor, but they were able to go to the ice cream truck. Now, that may seem like not such a big deal to you. But back then, when there's nothing else to do, there's no cable TV, there's no cell phones, pagers, video games, nothing exists. Four channels on TV, and that's all news most of the day. I think cartoons came on for one hour uh, in the weekday, and then it came on for like three hours on the weekends, and that was it. So you go outside and you play, and I wanted to get something from the ice cream truck. The bazooka bubblegum, it had the comic strip inside. For me, at that time, in the 70s, that was cool. You sit down, you chew some gum, you read a comic strip, you laugh. That was life. And so what I did was I got my toys, and I went door-to-door selling my toys. I got this old Winn-Dixie box crate, and I literally filled it up with all my toys, even the broken toys, and I went door-to-door. Sir, ma'am, you know, I'm just looking for donations for my toys a penny, a nickel, a dollar, a dollar, a quarter, whatever you have, whatever you have, um, please. I'm, I'm just looking for donations. I'm trying to raise money so I can go to the ice cream truck. I sold all of my toys. When I, at the end of the day, I put both my hands out in front of me. I had money in both of my pockets. I pulled it out. I looked at both of my hands. I had money in both of my hands. And what I was saying earlier before my sound went out was that it wasn't the fact that I got excited that I had money. I was excited that I realized something incredible, that my life was going to go on a different trajectory, that I literally had the power to change the course of my life, that I was coming, that I came to save my own self from a situation, that I had come up with a solution that put action behind that, that created a whole new reality and helped me to manifest a reality that I actually wanted, which was to be able to go to the ice cream truck and get some bazooka bubblegum. It sounds small, but it was such a huge, huge thing for me. It was massive. It was super massive, as a matter of fact. Because what happened was I realized at that moment, my life was going to be totally different. And so I started living my life and working on things and planning in a way at the age of seven that everything that I would do would have a purpose. And everything I would, every step I would take in my life would set me up to get to my ultimate manifestation goal, which was to move out of that city, get my own place, get my own car, and live my own life the way I wanted to live my life. The journey was hard because, as I was saying, before my sound cut out, I had holes in my shoes. I would take my sock and pull it down to my ankle and then wrap it underneath and put cardboard in the shoe to keep my feet from touching the street. That was even difficult because, you know, um, you, you go outside and play. There's no indoor game. So you're outside all the time. So it's still that wears out. Your feet still get messed up on the bottom and rough and hard and calluses. My toes were always damaged. My toenail beds were always damaged because I'm wearing shoes that were always two sizes too small. I was growing like a weed, even though I was malnourished, (laughs) you know, eating Cairo syrup and toast every day, most of the time, or bologna sandwiches or whatever else that we could muster up, whatever people would donate to us. Uh, I was still growing like crazy. I think I was wearing a size 12 in junior high school uh, shoe. But I was growing like like weeds. And so it was tough. And my mother couldn't afford shoes. I remember the last pair of shoes that my mother ever bought me. This leads into the second part of the story that I was going into earlier. We didn't have any money and school was starting. 
She took me to Zares, which was like a lower level than Kmart at the time. I got two shirts and two pair of pants. Those two shirts and two pair of pants, so I had to wear those for years. The, the, the crotch was ripped open because I was grown so fast. The crotch ripped. Um, but <laughs> she took me to Kmart to get some sneakers. And the only size that they had for me, for my foot, was a pair of, only size 12s they had was a pair of McGregor's. So, but these McGregor's were actual football cleats with the rubber knobs on the bottom. So the last pair of shoes my parents ever bought me in my life were a pair of rubber football cleats for $5 from Kmart. I had to wear football cleats to school as my main pair of shoes. I had to wear football cleats to basketball practice. I had to wear football cleats to track. I had to wear football cleats everywhere. Even when I was just going to the grocery store with my mom or walking around the neighborhood to play outside, I had to wear football cleats. My pants, because the kids would pick on me so much, I came up with a great idea. I would dye my pants. I would bleach them first at night, and then I would dye them with rich dye, which was only like 59 or 69 cents for a packet of dye from the grocery store, and I could change the color of my pants. So I would alternate between black and blue and you know different colors, orange, like a burnt orange color. Since I would mix the dye together to get a different kind of a weird color. And I would dye my pants and bleach them and dye my pants and bleach them so the kids thought I had more than two pair of pants. And I only had one shirt that had a um, LaCroix Sportif icon on it, a logo on it, a little alligator. And so what I did was I would unstitch that alligator and restitch it onto every other shirt that I had to keep them from picking on me because the, 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 the bully game back then in that school was brutal. I mean, brutal. You're talking about you can get kicked to sleep if they didn't like the way you looked, if they didn't like what you were wearing. And so in my mind, instead of making myself a victim and falling into that victim mentality and trying to figure out and being afraid all day what was going to happen to me and who was going to push me down or kick me or whatever, I said, okay, I'm going to play in the matrix. I'm going to play this game. Another manifestation. I manifested peace in my own life in school, which gave me the space in my mind and my body to learn. Because if you're afraid and worried about yourself all day and you're self-conscious all day long, how in the hell are you going to focus on studying and learning? I knew that I had to have the knowledge to get out of the neighborhood. I knew I had to have the wisdom to move on. So what, I, what did I do? I found a way to fit in so I can have the space to gain the wisdom and the knowledge I needed, the little intricacies that I needed to get out of the situation. I knew that it was vital that I wasn't just going to be walking around the streets all day, skipping classes and things like that and hanging out and, and doing drugs and getting in trouble. That wasn't going to get me out of my situation. That wasn't going to get me out of that city. The only thing that was going to get me out of there was paying attention, learning and figuring out how to get to the next level. So for me, you know what I'm saying? Being able to just maneuver through that matrix, that fashion matrix. Okay, y'all, this is how y'all want to play. All right, no problem. This is what I'm going to do now. I'm going to start changing my clothes up. I only have two pair, but I'm going to, you won't even know I have two pair of pants. You'll think I have seven, eight pair of pants. I wore really long shirts that came way past down the crotch, so you couldn't see the ripped open crotch. And it worked. I was able to do something else pretty cool. I was able to break dance. Back then, that was pretty huge. So when some kids found out that I can break dance and I started break dancing, then I became even more cool. Sometimes you have to learn how to fit into the matrix and play the matrix game so that you can move ahead in other areas of your life. It's just, it's all about, it's, it's really, it's really, you know, 
it's really like a, a Jedi mind trick. You have to you have to understand how to maneuver neuro, with, with neuroscience, applied neuroscience through this matrix, and get people and put people in positions where you want them, not have them move and put you where you where they want you. And so that's the game I play. When I turned twelve, this is where I was at right before you, I found out that my mic was out. I turned twelve. My dad called me in a room. He said, "Son." This is it. Now, keep in mind, this house that we're in, first of all, let me tell you this story first. Before we, The house that we're in, I won the money to get that house. We were living in the hood, in the ghetto, and um, I, I was walking home from school one day. I went to the library. They had a HUD application program. It was like a ballot box. They were going to give away $30,000 to some person, a family, to get a house. $30,000 would be only towards the house. I came home that day and told my mom about the HUD program. And I told her I was going to go back and fill it out with all dad's information. The next day I went back, I filled out that HUD form. Now, keep in mind, it takes three hours to walk home from that school where I was at to the house. I didn't take the bus that day. I walked again back to the library. I filled that form out. About, I don't know, three months later, we won. We won the, we won the house. A big packet came in the mail. I saw it said HUD in the corner. I knew right away we won the, we won. We won the money. My dad jumped up so high, his head hit the door frame. He was coming out of the front door when I gave it, when I handed it to him and he opened it up. And we got that house because I took conscious effort back by conscious thought to help manifest a totally different reality, to get us out of the ghetto into a nicer community. Moved to Miami, New Orleans, a much nicer area. Not the best now, but definitely much nicer than where we were. And so we're in this new house and everything else, in which I had just gracefully you know, took my sacrifice to help get into. And then he tells me, he calls me in the room and says, I'm not buying you any more school clothes. I'm not buying you any more school supplies. And from this point forward, you have to pay rent to live here. You got to pay a hundred bucks a month to live here. And as you get older, the rent's going to go up. I'm 12. I said, okay. Luckily for me, I was smart. I looked in the Miami news. They were hiring for newspaper subscription sales kids, 12 years old to 16 years old. They would come to your house. A guy would come to your house. A team leader would come to your house in a pickup truck with like three kids in the back. You'd hop in the pickup truck. This is before uh, seatbelt laws and all this abduction stuff. None of that stuff even existed really back then. Not, not on this level. You get in the back of that pickup truck. He takes you to a neighborhood. He says, square that block. That means you have to go around that block and knock on every door until you get back toward the point. He dropped you off, and then you got to wait there. We're doing this way into the deep hours of the night. Eight o'clock at night, we're still out working going door to door selling newspaper subscriptions. I became the number one subscription salesperson for Miami News and uh, even won a trip to go to Key West with a group that had, you know, of all the elite sales reps or sales kids or whatever you want to call them. All my friends were taking that money. They were taking that money from winning, uh, from working and blowing it on candy and uh and and clothes and dumb stuff, toys. And they're like, "What are you doing with your money every week?" I'm saving my money. It's like, that's stupid. Why are you saving your money? I'm like, because I got plans. I don't know what it is yet. I don't know what's coming yet. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I know I'm going to need this money. So I paid my rent to my parents, a hundred bucks. And to some of that money, I utilized for things that I did need, like clothes and stuff like that. But only a few things here and there, nothing crazy, nothing outlandish. I would say about 70% of the money was saved. And then one day, my mother sent me to the grocery store. 
And she told me to go get this and that or whatever. I go to the grocery. The first thing I do when I go to the grocery store is I go to the magazine rack because there's magazines there. And that's the cool thing to do back then. You know, no digital era yet. We're still talking about, you know, the era. I think cable TV had just came out not too many years before then. But anyway, so I'm in there and I go. And every time I would go, I would see this magazine called Opportunity Magazine. It was way up on the top rack, hard to reach. I would never grab it because it was too high up. I would just focus on the the kids' magazines and, and, and the comic books. And this one day I went in, somebody must have read it and had it and put it on the lower level where I can just pick it up. I picked up that Opportunity Business Magazine off the rack and I opened it up. And as soon as I opened it, it opened up right to Galaxy Electronics, which is still in business today. I said, Galaxy Electronics, pretty interesting. Now, let me rewind you for a second and tell you why this is important. A week before, this is the power of manifesting. A week before, I'm sitting inside of my friend's dad's car, listening to an eight-track radio, okay, in his, in his car. This is, tell you guys, I go way back, eight-track. You can't rewind eight tracks. You have to listen to the whole album and let it start over again. Anyway, it was an analog dial. You know, you twist the dial and you see the needle moving back and forth, right? And so uh, we're sitting in there. Now, the only good thing that I bought, only lavish thing I, I would say that I bought myself with my money was a calculator watch because it would help me with math. It was a digital watch. Back then, they just came out. 20 bucks at Kmart. It had the little digital readout on the um, watch. And I told my friend, this digital readout where you see it, these numbers like this are going to be on the radio very soon one day. And he laughed. He laughed. I said, I'm telling you, this is going to be on that. Fast forward a week later, I open up that book, Opportunity Magazine, Galaxy Electronics. Digital car radios for the first time being sold wholesale to the general public. I almost fell out of my seat. I was like, what in the world's going on? I turned around in that aisle that I was in. I looked up at the lights. I turned back around again. I opened the book up. I read the article. I read the ad. I'm sorry, it was a half-page ad. And it said they were only, I think they were $27.95 each wholesale. You had to buy at least 50, a lot of 50. It was COD. That means cash on delivery. Back then, you can actually order things in bulk and pay when the UPS or the FedEx truck shows up. So when UPS came to my house, I don't think FedEx even existed back then at that time. But when UPS came to the house, you hand them the cash. They count it. They hand you the goods and a receipt for the goods. They take the money back to the source. So I put my first order in. I got my first lot of digital car stereos. And I started selling these car stereos to upperclassmen in high school, which was right down, right down the street. Word caught on that I had these digital high-powered stereos and everybody from the Tri-County area started coming to my house to buy radios. Eventually, I evolved into not only the car stereos, but also the high-power uh, watt amps, the EQ boosters and EQs, subwoofers and six by nines, the 10 and 12 and 15 inch subwoofers and bass woofers. And then also I finally got a friend of mine from down the street to come over and help me do installations right in front of the house. Within just a few short months, I turned 13. I was already making more money than my parents running my own electronics company right from the house. Needless to say, I didn't have any more shoe problems anymore. I had as many shoes as you can find. I bought myself 21 pairs of Nikes. Because I knew with 21 pairs, I can, I can wear a different pair of shoes every single day without repeating for the whole month. My clothing changed. 
I upgraded my clothes. I started getting Levi's. Started getting nice polo shirts and button downs. Making myself look good and respectable. And then what I would do is every four to five months, I would give all those clothes away and buy myself more. Any kids that I saw in school that didn't have money, that were struggling, that were about my size, I just give them my clothes, just give them my shoes. I would give away all those sneakers. A thing that I carry on and do still to this very day. I just gave away three 40-gallon garbage bags of sneakers just about a month ago. Still doing it till this day. And so why am I telling you this? Because it's understanding. Once you become powerful in manifesting, I saw the radio in the car. I saw the vision. That's going to change. And I knew in my mind, man, whoever comes up with this, who puts this digital readout on that is going to be rich. And a week later, I'm now buying digital car radios. Because when you become a master at understanding the, the link between manifesting and the, and the world that we're in, you become instant. it becomes instant. You become a master at it. You literally become a master. And then what happens? When you speak, things happen almost immediately. A week later, I was in this car stereo business, selling car stereos, and became very good at it. By the time I was 13, made more money than my parents in a week, a week, per week. Moved out when I was 16. Now, check this out. You can also teach. Your, you, can sh- you can have the, when people see that you are manifesting at a high level, now they want to listen to you because you, you seem to have figured something out. So now my mom was all ears. What did my parents do for a living? They were newspaper delivery people. That's how they made their money, delivering newspaper. I think they made 15000 a year. That was how much they made, 15000 That was a combined income, delivering newspapers. My mother was in the grocery store, the same one where I found that magazine, the same exact store, Winn-Dixie on 7th Avenue, and I believe that's one... Uh, 89th Street. Now it's a giant church. They converted that giant Winn-Dixie into a church now. But back then it was a grocery store. And guess what happened? She fell down in the store and injured her knee. Now, she won 5000 from the lawsuit, the settlement from the lawsuit from getting injured. The, uh, uh, the, the fish, the, fit, the frozen fish uh, refrigerator, it, it, started, it broke down and it started leaking water into the aisle. She went walking by, slipped on the water, busted her knee. She got five grand. I said to her, I said, in this same magazine, mom, that I learned how to sell these car stereos, there's a company in here that you need to uh, invest in. You need to buy this machine. She said, what is it? I said, it's a carpet cleaning machine, but it's not just any kind of carpet cleaning machine. It's a dry foam extraction carpet cleaning and upholstery machine, something revolutionary. It uses dry foam extraction to clean the carpet and the, and the sofas so that it doesn't leave a soaking wet um, you know, base inside the, uh, the pad underneath the, underneath the carpet, and it doesn't leave your couches soaking wet where they can get mildew. It dries within a few hours. She said, well, how in the world am I going to get client customers to hire me to, to clean their carpet? I said, Mom, you and Dad deliver newspapers every single day to hundreds of people. These people are like, they know you every day, give you Christmas money and gifts and things like that around the holidays. These people love you guys for delivering their newspapers. All you have to do is make a flyer, invest 40 bucks, make flyers advertising your new carpet cleaning company. 
put that flyer inside of every newspaper that you're going to deliver anyway. They're going to call your phone. Your phone's going to blow up. They're going to call you and they're going to book appointments with you to come clean their carpet. My mom said, I've seen what you've been doing. <laughs> I've seen the life that you created for yourself. I'll give it a try. You see, you have to be an example sometimes. You have to be the first one sometimes to break the curse and to learn how to create your own reality. And when people see you doing that and they're not able to do it yet, you know what? You got the ear now. My mom was like, you know what? <laughs> That's a good idea. Let's try this. I helped her lay out the flyer and make the flyer and everything. And uh, she started stuffing them inside the newspapers. And my, her, her and my dad would go deliver these newspapers every night in Miami Lakes. Decent area back then, that area that they were delivering newspapers to, those people were some of the Miami Dolphins NFL players lived in those condos. Uh, businessmen, doctors, uh, attorneys, decent area, right? And so she listened to me. Because why? Because I had already proven to her that I understood how this matrix worked. I understood the power of manifesting. I understood how to take control of my situation. So she listened to me, the kid, and she spent, that machine costed $4,999. The Von Schrader dry foam extraction carpet cleaning and upholstery machine. I still remember it like it was yesterday. They still sell it today, Von Schrader, right? She bought the machine. And they made more money than they ever made in their life in the first year. All the money they made in their entire life added together did, was less than what they made in one year doing the carpet cleaning company. You see? It's all about understanding how to take control of a situation and then looking around and analyzing what has the universe provided, what clues has the universe given me that I can take control that I can change my reality. What clues are out there? And when you start paying attention to the universe, it becomes so clear. Oh, okay, boom, I got money. Oh, wow, look at this. I have the clientele. I just don't know how to get the money out of their pocket into my pocket, but I have clientele sitting there because I'm at their house every single day. Oh, my son gave me a great idea. I have a there's a need for what they have. They, they need their carpets in their upholstery clean. Remember, in the 80s, everybody had carpet. Everybody had carpet. If you had tile or marble, that was extremely rare, right? Only in the shower, probably. That was it. So there's a need. Her job was to find a need and fill it. That's how you make money. You find a need and you fill that need. I just gave her the eye. I dropped the seed. But guess what, guys? At the end of the day, I can only open the door. She had to walk through that door all alone. She had to take that money and make that investment on her own. I couldn't take her money and make the investment for her. I couldn't take her, her money and buy the flyers and print the flyers out. I couldn't take her energy and life force and force her to put those flyers inside of the newspapers and deliver them to those people's houses. She had to do that. My dad had to do that. They had to take that leap of faith on their own. They had to walk through that door on their own. Because why? Manifesting takes an energy exchange. It takes action backed by conscious thought. These are some of the things, <clears throat> I'm just telling you when, you, when you analyze the the things that I've been through in my life and where I came from and how I got to where I'm at, all these little tiny things, they've built this, um, 
this masterpiece of manifesting understanding. And so I have this catalog and library in my head of all the things that I've done, and I could talk for hours about these accomplishments. I'm just giving you these because these are real key pieces in my life that set me on this trajectory that I'm on right now that allow me to see you can become your own savior. You can take control of your life, and you don't even have to have experience in what it is that's going to get you there. My mother was never a carpet cleaner. They were, unfortunately, illiterate newspaper delivery people. My parents used to keep all their money in a shoebox. Now they had to go get a bank account and start a company, Carson and Carson carpet cleaning. They had to go and, you know, and, and get a checkbook. They had to learn some things. But guess what? They did it. They did it. And so manifesting is important. That's why I'm having this workshop. This workshop is going to be powerful. I'm going to drop the link in the chat right quick while I'm still talking here to this workshop. This workshop is going to be powerful. You're going to want to come to this workshop. It's going to be um, January 29th. It's going to be an amazing workshop. I just dropped the link in the chat. It's my manifest workshop, my fourth year, my fourth year doing this workshop. Every year it gets better and better. I bring new science, new manifestation techniques, a new understanding. I teach you the physics behind understanding why the manifesting is actually working so that you can know when you're going wrong and why things aren't working out the way you want them to. Because manifesting is linked to quantum physics, but I explain it in a way that anyone can understand. And I'm going to give you some interactive mind tests. We're going to do some live manifesting right on the show in real time. And I'm going to show you just how powerful your mind really is, how you can manifest your own reality just like that, how you can bring things into existence just like that. That's what we're going to be learning in this workshop. It's going to be a mind-bending workshop and life-changing for a lot of people. There's a reason why I've done this four years in a row, and some people come to everyone every year. Every year. Now, this is a virtual one, so you can attend from anywhere in the world. You have no excuse. You can't say, oh, I, don't, I can't make it to Florida. I used to do them in person and sell out the whole Ritz-Carlton room. Now I do them online so everyone can have the benefit of attending and learning what I was able to achieve and learn. I started off with the fundamentals and built from there. And then later on, I learned the science. And I said, oh, wow. And once I learned the science... Once I learned what's going on behind the veil of manifesting, that's when I became a master. You see, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. But when the teacher is ready, the master will appear. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to teach you how to become the master. It's a step-by-step -step process because you're the student, the teacher, and you have the possibility of becoming the master. In fact, you already are the master. You just don't know it yet. <laughs> you just don't know it yet. And so my life went on this trajectory. I moved out when I was 16. I kept running my businesses. I had two companies running concurrently while I lived on my own and still graduated from high school, got my diploma. I didn't let my business prowess be an excuse for me not needing to go get my education, not needing to go get my diploma. Now, what I didn't do is I didn't go to grad night. I didn't go to graduation. I didn't go to um, uh, prom. None of that. You know why? Because those things costed money. And for me, it was more important to keep investing my money back into myself. Looking back, I missed out on some, some memories, some childhood memories, 
you know, I'm in my 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 uh, class reunion group is on Facebook and I'm in there and I see all the po the pictures and the photos that they post from like throwbacks from back in the day, back in the 80s when we graduated and everything. And, uh, you know, I get a little emotional every now and then about it. You know, I wish maybe if things were a little different, you know, but I real then I come back to reality and realize, no, this is the path that I had to go on. This was the path that I chose. I had to go on this path to become who I am. And, uh, you know, and so I, I live through their eyes. I see where they went for prom. I see that they went to Disney World for grad night. And, and I see the graduation photos and things like that. Someone in there was nice enough to take to 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 uh, scan every page of the yearbook. And I was able to actually have my own picture in the yearbook from a scan on Facebook. So that was pretty cool. But I continue to build. I continue to work and develop my skills and my talents. And eventually, I had another big vision. Even though running smaller companies all the way up, I had another big vision. I had a big vision that the world was going to be on this web, the web that we're using right now to communicate. And I thought that everyone would have a way to communicate instantaneously. Now, I got to admit, some of that information was subconsciously embedded into my mind from uh, uh, the Hopi, the Hopi tribe uh, prophecy, where they would talk about, you know, the fact that the world would be connected by a web. I had I had been gaining so much knowledge over the years. I didn't even tell you the full story about the encyclopedias and how I started studying at a young age. But I had gained so much knowledge and wisdom over the years, and I wanted to share it with people. And I knew that when the when the prophecy came true, I would be able to do it. In 1997, I was sitting in front of my TV and I saw a commercial from IBM. It said www.ibm.com. And it had a black screen. That's it. White letters. That was it. I was like, what is that? IBM.com. I went straight to the bookstore. I went to the front desk. I asked some questions. They directed me to a section on computer programming. I found out that the web was here and that everyone was eventually going to have a website. It was the beginning of companies creating online business cards. Now, here's where the manifestation comes in one more time. I go, I have to be a part of this. In some way, shape, or form, I have to be a part of this movement. This, this is going to be huge. Now, at the time, I owned a discount healthcare company, and I was selling discount. It was a discount healthcare. So let's say your medical bill at your doctor was going to be 100 bucks. If you have this card, you only have to pay like 70 bucks. They still have them today. This is when they first started, though, back then. And uh, the company was NAPP, National Association of, Prefer of Preferred Providers. That was the company. And I was a distributor uh, for that company. I had my own private distributorship, like a, you know, my own, um, uh, my, own, uh, my own company out of underneath theirs, basically. And uh, I was doing pretty good with it. You know, I was probably making, I don't know, about maybe three, $4,000 a month, which was decent in the 90s. It was decent to, you know, live and... Um, and, and, and pay your bills and raise a family. I already had a family at that time. I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. Now, here's where it gets crazy. A week after, here goes another week, five days. A week after uh, I saw that IBM ad, I'm walking out of my apartment. And this is a brand new apartment complex. And this gentleman who had just moved in is walking by. And he's from Arabia. He's an Arabian guy. And we got to talking a little bit here and there. And I said, well, what are you doing here? And he goes, oh, well, I'm an exchange student. I'm here to 
to learn how to develop websites. I go, really, to develop websites? He goes, wow, I was just, I said, I was just looking into that a week ago. He says, yeah, it's going to be huge, and this is where, I'm, where I want to go. His father was a multimillionaire in Arabia. He was a prince, but he wanted to go off on his own and become his own man. So that's what he decided to do, come to America and learn how to be a web developer. More power to him. So he said, by the way, I'm going to have to do some work for a company as part of my graduation. I can't graduate unless I do some interning. And so, well, you can intern for me. I need a website. And so we started the process. And for three weeks, I stood over his shoulder watching him go through the whole process, registering the domain name. Back then, you only had .com. Nothing else existed yet. No .tet, no .net, no .org yet. It was just .com. And building the website and uh, you know, doing the HTML coding and everything. And I was like, wow, this is really amazing. I think we made like a four-page website. Nobody had a healthcare website yet. I mean, literally nobody back then. And the website was done in about three weeks, four weeks time. And uh, eventually he had to go back to Arabia. And so I said to myself, this is too good. I need to learn how to do this. I went to the bookstore. I went to Barnes & Noble, which became my Barnes & Noble University. I got C++, uh, uh, HTML. ASP, uh, Active Service Pages. I got uh, uh, what are the, JavaScript, all of that. I started learning how to do all this coding on my own by studying right there in the bookstore and then coming home and duplicating it. I went to Rent-to-Center, which is a rent-to-own place, and they had computers. They had a Packard Bell, two-gigabyte computer. I got a Packard Bell. Uh, I call it a Packard from hell because it always crashed. <laughs> it was always crashing. I got that set up. I got on my AOL with the dial in, you know, connect to a phone line. We used to make all that fax noise when you dial in and say, you got mail. I got set up and I went in and I started replicating what I was learning in the books. And I became a programmer, a coder. I developed my own websites. And then one day a friend of mine came to my house and he saw what I was working on. And he said, man, I need one of those for my business. I said, wow. And this guy owned a mortgage company. That's when the bells and whistles went off in my head. Holy crap. Nobody has a, in, in the mortgage industry has a website. If I make a website once and change the colors and change the products around, change the, the interest rates and things around and what the features and offerings are, I can make these websites every single day if I had to. So what I did was I made them a website. I saved that as a template. Then I got the yellow pages. I don't know if some of you guys here even know what yellow pages are. But back then, you had a book. You didn't have a phone. You had a book, and in that book, it was about this thick. It had everybody's phone number in it. White pages were, were for residences. Yellow pages were for businesses. I would open up the yellow pages and start going down, right down the list, calling all the mortgage companies. This is Billy Carson. I'm with Carson Marketing Group. I want to talk to you about the new dot-com craze that's going to happen, how you can put your mortgage company on the internet and create leads directly from people looking for mortgages and then sell them and make a lot of money. I'll make my own appointments Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Thursday and Friday, I'd show up at their business and sell them the website, collect the money. Saturday and Sunday, make the websites, do it all over again. I started making about 10 grand a week doing that. Now, back in the late 90s, that was good money, 10 grand a week. Right now, today, it would be like 30 grand a week right now in today's money, right? 
pretty good money back then. I built that company. Uh, I actually changed the company name eventually to dot-com marketing. Then when I built that company to a multi-million dollar corporation, then I sold it for millions of dollars in 2004. Okay. My first exit, I, I stayed on for a short period of time. Then I, I did, took my exit. I took my millions. And then I took seven years off and trained and worked with my kids in basketball and sports. And I became a U.S. Junior Olympic coach and an AAU coach and, and uh, started a whole, a huge program for sports for kids. I helped build a YMCA in West Broward. My name is still on the, on the wall in there as a founding member. I built a rock wall. I did all these things. Just took my time having a good time smelling roses and enjoying my family for seven years. But the point, reason why I'm telling you this story is because from the time that I knew that I would need to share information with the world and was waiting for the technology to catch up with my knowledge and my, my perception of what, what was to come, everything was falling in place for me to manifest this reality, to manifest being on the internet, to manifest having internet businesses, to manifest being able to share my messages through the same medium that the Hopi talked about, this web, okay, this web. And so we're talking, I'm still now in my, in my uh, 20s. And I've manifested a house, a family, nice cars, a successful business, and doing very well. And so you have to understand that all this comes from the thought, the plans, understanding when the universe presents you with opportunities that you didn't even know were coming at you and then taking advantage of them. Just like my mom, I was part of the universe's opportunity to present her with information that could change her life financially. But it was up to her to actually act on it, to recognize it and then act on it, put action behind it. And that's how she walked through the door. In my manifesting workshops, I'm going to open the door for you. I'm literally going to open that door. I'm going to open it. And then you have to walk through the door alone. But I'm going to give you enough tools that when you walk through that door, you're going to be able to take advantage of everything that comes your way. And you're going to maximize your efforts in this third dimension and change your future reality to whatever reality you want. We're going to talk about quantum physics and the fact that everything exists in superposition of one another which means that every outcome or potential reality already exists simultaneously. Simultaneously, every future outcome already exists right here in this dimension that we're in right now. You have to look at Schrodinger's, Schrodinger's cat to understand what that's about. That's a quantum physics conundrum. If you look into that, you'll understand what I'm talking about. But, but every potential outcome already exists. But I'm going to teach you the ancient ways that the, the ancient Sumerians talked about the Anunnaki who called themselves the ordainers of destiny. How did they access information to create, to collapse reality and create the one that they wanted? They had the capability of seeing the multiple realities. I'm going to teach you how to see all the reality, all the potential futures that you can have. And then I'm going to teach you the ancient technique of how to collapse the reality that you want to bring into fruition for yourself and how to go down that path. That's what we're gonna be doing in this class. It's gonna be a powerful class. You're not gonna to wanna to miss this. I'm dropping the link back in the comments again. And as well as it's already in the caption of this video, which is an impromptu live. I know I just kind of hopped on here, 
kind of just testing this all this equipment I got, but I'm glad I hopped on to talk to you guys for a few minutes to just impart some knowledge and wisdom to you guys. That hopefully, some of you can utilize and share to, with other people. Um, it's going to be an amazing class. You know, it's something that you just you just don't want to miss this class. And it's not because I need you there. It's because my my mission in life now, <laughs> my ultimate mission in life is to help as many people as I can. You see, I'm focused on building a legacy, a legacy of knowledge and wisdom. And as long as I focus on building that legacy, my abundance is personally guaranteed. I don't have to worry about abundance. I'm never, I don't have to worry about where my next bill is going to come from. I don't have to worry about how I'm going to pay my light bill. I don't have to worry about who's going to pay my mortgage payment. Those worries don't exist for me. I'm only focused on one thing, building a legacy of knowledge. When people look back 100 years from now, they're going to see that bottleneck where it started, where a lot of this information started, where a lot of this, these emanations that altered our future realities came from. My, my goal now is to time travel. That's what I do every day when I get on these platforms. I time travel. I travel in time to the future. How? Because I speak things. I speak cymatic frequencies from my focal cords that go into the atmosphere, that creates vibrations on the atmosphere, go into your ear, go into your brain, and those cymatic frequencies, those codes that I'm speaking, they alter the future reality in the third dimension. I'm literally creating ripples in the third dimension by speaking. I'm changing the future reality for everyone on the planet through conscious thought backed by action. And you have the power to do the same thing. That's the stuff that I like to teach. The power that's already inside of you and understanding the power of your voice. How, to, how do you use the voice? How do you recognize opportunities? How do you manifest things? How do you actually come up with the idea for different things to bring into fruition, to bring into reality? All of these things are what I, what I teach. All of these things are what I teach. And I have been doing for quite some time now. I remember, <laughs> I can go all the way back to Opalaka, talking to two of my friends in the bushes because I couldn't let, we didn't want anybody to hear about me talking about aliens or, or uh, UFOs and, and, and all this other crazy stuff. And I remember having to go from hiding in the bushes to we used to exchange VHS tapes with information and knowledge on it. So then it moved from VHS tapes into uh, cassette tapes and uh, CDs, then DVDs. Then it went to web forums and now then blogs, websites. Now it's on mainstream TV. I've seen the whole evolution go from hiding in the bushes to now I'm on over 1,000 TV shows and well over 10,000 videos on social media and YouTube. I'm just openly talking about these concepts now. I'm going to teach you how to bilocate, how to send mind outside of space and time, how to see potential futures and how to collapse the one you want into your reality. That's what I do. I go into the future before I make a move on something and I see what potentials exist out there based on a decision I'm going to make right now, this moment, in the moment of now. And then I collapse the one, the decision that I make that has the, the best ripple to my favor, that's the one that I collapse into my reality. I don't waste my time out here. I used to have to bump into this wall and bump into that wall, but I'm a master now. I don't do that anymore. I don't do that anymore. People say, how do you get all this stuff done? How? How are you doing all these things? <laughs> because I cut out a whole lot of wasted space and wasted time. Understanding specifically and exactly what I need and how to make it happen like this.
I'm not running around making this mistake and making that mistake. I'm still making mistakes. I'm not perfect. But my mistake ratio is way down from the average person. I mean, way down now. And some things that I didn't think I'd ever have a problem with, I've had those problems in the last few years and overcome those, and now I've got that in my underneath my belt. You never take these things as losses. Every time people say, man, I've taken too many losses. No, you don't take, you're looking at the word, you're spelling L-O-S-S. I spell L-E-A-R-N. The L is there, but the rest of the word is different for me. I learn. I learn, I cope, I adjust. I make the proper adjustments. I make my adjustments fast. I adjust on the fly. Some people are ingrained into their ways, their ideologies, and their systems that exist around them, and they're slow to change. And if you're slow to change, you wither away. You succumb to being nothing more than a soulless avatar operating on pure matrix programming. That world, that life is not for me. I'm a chameleon. You can take me straight to the hood right now and I can hang with the toughest of them, with the killers. And we can sit down and we can chill. We can have a good conversation. And guess what? I'm going to walk out of there alive. You can take me to an, a, a rocket scientist laboratory and I can sit down with him. And we can have a great conversation. And we can theorize on new projection models. You can take me to a biologist's laboratory. And we can have a great conversation. You can take me to sit down with a, a postman. I don't care who you put me in front of. I don't care who you... We're going to vibe on a frequency. We're going to vibe. Because why? I've, I've dedicated my life to being able to adjust and change. And reach people at the level that they are, where they are. Instead of being in this tight mold and I can't do this and I can't because I'm going to break this. That's where you end up losing. And especially in business. If you're in business in the 21st century and you can't change on the fly, you can't adapt and become a chameleon in business right now today, you'll never make it. You'll never make it. Things change by the minute, by the moment right now, by the moment. You got to be ready. These are the things I teach in my manifesting classes. The things that you'll probably never hear anywhere else. That'll be hard to find in books. You'll probably have to read 10 different books to get all the information that I'm going to give you. A seven-hour class. I'm giving you a seven-hour class. It's going to be mind-blowing. It's going to be amazing. Something you don't want to miss. All right? Something you know. Now, when you come to my classes, you have to have an open mind. <laughs> you can't come in with a closed mind. You have to have an open mind, ready and willing to receive, open and learn. And that's one reason why I'm starting and opening my manifesting class with a meditation first. We're going to clear the consciousness. We're going to clear the mind. We're going to clear that bowl of, of chaos. We're going to minimize the chaos in that bowl inside of your head. And then we're going to dig in. And we're going to break it down and start learning. And I'm going to teach you guys some things that you'll be able to pass down to multiple generations of people in your line, friends and family, loved ones, whoever. The benefit of the way that I'm doing it now is because I'm streaming it, you'll be able to watch it over and over again. Versus when people will come to my classes, they'd be trying to write everything down, write everything down. And you can't write everything down fast enough. So while they're trying to re remember what I said, I'm already talking about another potent topic and they lost that. With these streaming, the miracle of streaming, 
You can watch it over and over and over again, unlimited amounts of times. You can rewind it, replay it. You can have family members come over. You can let your kids watch it. Because remember, and when I do my workshops and classes, I don't curse. I don't use racial slurs. I don't say things that are inappropriate. So my information is rated G. Everybody can get in here and learn. Everyone. You can play it back on any TV. You can play it on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Google Play, iOS App Store. Uh, you, can even, you can even play it on now Samsung TVs. We're now on Samsung. So if you have the Samsung TV in your house, go to your app store on Samsung TV and type in Forbidden Knowledge. My app pops right up. You can install it for free and start a free trial and watch some shows. There's a reason why people come to my manifesting workshops every year, the same people. Why do they keep coming back if they already went to one class? Because I keep coming back with better and newer information, more amazing information, bigger uh, challenges. This year, we're going to have a manifesting challenge. I'm working it out right now and figuring out what the, what, when you win this challenge, what you're going to get. We're working that out. But we're going to have a manifesting challenge, and you're going to get a free ebook with my manifesting class, okay? A free ebook. The link is here in the caption and the comments in the caption as well. Somebody was asking, well, how much is this class? It's $99. It's a $99 class. You're investing $99 in yourself, seven hours of teaching, right? So you're talking uh, 420 minutes, okay? 420 minutes is what you're spending with me. You're spending seven hours. And I usually go overtime, so it's probably going to be eight hours anyway. but for $99, you're talking about a very small amount of money for the amount of knowledge and wisdom you're going to get. Universities, uh, when I went to MIT for applied neuroscience, I was looking through their registry and their classes and how much these classes cost if you want to go for a full semester. You're talking about $40,000, $50,000. And you might, you might get an actual lecture here or there. For the most part, you got to learn yourself. You have to learn. You're taught to learn on your own in universities. And so I'm going to give you a wealth of knowledge that you would have to read multiple books to gain. The cost of the books to gain this information, if all the books are even out there, are going to be definitely more than the cost of the class alone. And you have to ask yourself, what is, what is my life worth? What is my manifesting power? What is my future worth? What is my legacy, my generations ahead of me? What is it worth? And you have to, you know, you, know, you have to charge something because if you don't charge anything, people take it for granted. I've seen it before so many times. I've seen it too many times. People take it for granted. Thank you, Devon Taylor. And some of the other people that uh, had dropped chat donations as well. If I missed you while I was talking, I apologize. But thank you again, uh, Devon Taylor, for uh, this, the, the donation. All these donations go to help underprivileged children. That's what we do. We don't give any of it to ourselves. It goes all to help kids that are struggling in underprivileged communities. So thank you again. I appreciate you. And I'll be going. You'll see me make my video that I do every year when I go to the, to the store to do the shopping for the gifts for the underprivileged kids for, for holiday season. Some people celebrate Christmas. Some people don't. Either way, kids are going to see other kids with toys and gifts, and they're going to feel left out that they couldn't get any like I did. So every year. I give away gifts, okay? I don't care if somebody celebrates it or not. It's the holiday season. So I take advantage of the holiday season as time for family, time for, for uh, caring, time for loving and helping out and giving back. That's what I look at it as. Instead of looking at it as, of course, we know the dark connotations of Christmas and things like that. 
But I take away that. I call it holiday. I tell everybody happy holidays. And I take that time to give back. And especially the kids who are sitting here who can't comprehend what is the difference between spirituality and religion and Christmas and this and that. They just know that, man, I didn't get nothing for Christmas. I didn't get no toys this holiday season. I didn't get any attention. So I try to provide that, you know, in some way, shape, or form. All right, so I'll be doing that. So thank you for all the donations you guys give because that's what, what I do. I'm also going to create a private group for this manifesting class on my, my, on my uh, social media app, Unite the 99, okay? If you don't have a Unite the 99 uh, account, I'm going to type it in here now. It's free. Okay, that is my social media app, UniteThe99.com. All right, go there and get a free account. And you can post in there whatever you want, except for, of course, I mean, don't start posting, telling people how to build explosive devices or racism or nothing like that. I'm talking about if you have some conspiracies like what's been going on with the global sickness or, or what uh, corporations are doing, fine. But a lot of people are just in there posting spirituality and, and self-help, which is great. From time to time, I'll drop some. Uh, I post usually every single day, but from, from time to time, I'll drop some heavy stuff in there that I know I can't put on Instagram. I can't put on this platform. I can't put on Facebook because they'll ban my account or whatever. So in my social media app, I can say whatever I want. Because guess what, guys? I'm not going to, uh, uh, what do you call that? What's that check they give you? <laughs> that, that stupid check they come up with uh, to come check your information to see if it was a false or, or, or not false or whatever. But anyway, I'm not going to do that to myself. So, um, yeah, it's not going to be a fact check on my information. Uh, so I posted there. But United 99 is growing very fast, rapidly. I don't know if we have 40 or 50,000 people in there now, all posting every single day. Great posts, videos slides, uh, clips, images, just great, great group of people. But in there, I can make private groups. I'm going to make a private group for this Manifest Destiny 2023 workshop group where we all can be in there together. And I'm going to participate with you guys for the first 30 days, talking to you in there, answering questions inside that private group, posting information in that private group. And hopefully everyone in that group will begin to network with each other and help build a community from this 2023 class. All right, so that's gonna, and that's totally free. That didn't cost you any money. You just have to have come to the class. It it's only gonna go to the attendees. Anyone who bought an Eventbrite ticket will get an email invite to the private group on my social media app, all right? It's gonna be great. It's all about making change and providing solutions. That's what I'm all about. How can I be a part of the solution? I went through the time period when I was looking at everything and how dark things looked and how negative things looked. And man, this is so bad what they're doing to us. I finished that phase already. My next phase that I started on a couple of years ago is providing solutions. Okay, regular television sucks. Some of these video platforms, they are no good either. They suck. So what did I do? I created my own video network, my own streaming TV platform, Forbidden Knowledge TV. I don't like what's on the radio. Music sucks. Well, if music sucks, what are you going to do about it? I, what am I going to do about it? I started producing my own music to the level of Billboard. I actually made it on Billboard. I was on Billboard with the album Return of Enki with Donnie Arcade and Cruz for eight weeks in four categories in 2018. I have over 300 songs now in global distribution. 
My number one song right now is Affirmations, which for me is the best because I'm helping people probably sing the affirmations every single day. They're probably listening to it every morning or every evening or whatever. And now I'm helping change people's lives through affirmations that I spoke into a digital medium that's now floating around the entire world nonstop. I, I changed reality. I altered reality by manifesting what I wanted. What I wanted was better music, so I made it. I don't like these social media apps and how they control us, so I made my own. Unite the 99. Why that name? Because we're the 99%. We need to unite. All races of us need to unite and come together against the 1% that are controlling us. We have 1% of the world controlling 8 billion people. It has to come to an end. It has to come to an end. So Unite the 99. That's the app. It's on your app store. Get it. It's free. All right? Join it. It's free. It doesn't cost you any money. And also... When I was on the dating scene, I'm not on the dating scene anymore because I'm engaged now. But when I was, I noticed that it was hard to talk to women because you can't tell them all the things that you're into. Like, I can't start talking about the ancient Sumerians and the Anunnaki on my first date. Okay. That wouldn't work out too well. So inside of my app, Unite the 99, I created a dating group called Date Conscious. It's a premium. Under the premium tab, you go to date conscious on the unite the 99 app and you can join there and you can meet people like-minded people that are on the same frequency that are willing to talk about anunnakis and sumerians and aliens or meditation and yoga or spirituality whatever you're on they're in there and you can make a friend and it'll be a lot easier than going on a date with somebody and pretending to be something that you're not and holding back what you really truly want to say, because I've been there before and it sucks. You know, it's like, how long can I go before they find out that like I believe in aliens or something? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's tough. So I created Date Conscious inside the Unite the 99 app. Download the Unite the 99 app on your app store and you can uh, go join the premium group for Date Conscious. You're going to hear a lot more about that because I'm going to start promoting it a lot more. All right. I want to talk to you about so many other things. It's uh, the Forbidden Knowledge Tour of Egypt coming up. I'll drop a link to that here. Okay. Last year, we did the Forbidden Knowledge Tour of Egypt. It was amazing. 70 people went with me to Egypt, and we had an amazing time. I'm going to type it into the comment feed right now. 70 people in the desert on the Nile cruise for three days, stopping off in amazing sites along the way, having a great time. Life-changing event. And uh, we're going back again. I'm going to type it in here now, then I got to get off because it says my battery's getting a little bit low. Forbidden tour. All right, so that's the link to the Forbidden Tour of Egypt coming up. I just dropped it in the comment feed. I'll also make sure I add it to the caption of this video, but just go to forbiddenknowledge.com and look for our tours. We have a Cambodia tour coming up in November, which is going to be mind-blowing. We have the Forbidden Tour of Egypt coming back again, part two. Uh, and of course, I'm doing another workshop in January with Dr. B. Sirius. And that was on Richard Merritt's YouTube account. Just go to eventbrite.com and type in Billy Carson, okay? And my events will pop up. That's eventbrite. I'm going to drop it in the comments, guys, and I'm going to get off event. Right.com. Just go there and type my name, Billy Carson. All my all my stuff will pop right up.
Anyways, th- thanks for spending some time with me tonight and taking the time to listen to my story. It's a lot more to it than that, but I just wanted to give you a small, a quick synopsis of some of the things I've been through to get to where I am right now. And the understanding that I have about manifesting is really deeper than just going to some classes or listening to somebody speak or, or reading a book. It's life experience for me. And I'm going to impart that wisdom from my life into your consciousness and, and pass it on to you so that you can in turn pass it on to someone else. All right. Anyway, guys, I love you guys. Thanks for hopping on. I appreciate you. I wish I can come to New York City immediately, but I can't get there probably to 2024. Just so somebody asking about that. I'll be in New York probably in 2024, not this upcoming year. I'm already booked out through 2024 and we're working on the rest of the schedule for 2024 now, the second half. So hopefully I'll be up in New York sometimes in the second half of uh, 2024. The Forbidden World Tour is coming. I'll be posting all of that as well as... Oh, back.